Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. <clears throat> AT&T connects an O to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today we're discussing how to massively cut your tax bill. What's up, man? Hey, buddy. Are you feeling healthy? It's after the holidays now when we're, we're, we're done being sick. Anybody who's got young kids knows that sickness travels around constantly. It, it feels like somebody in your family is always sick and they're giving it to the next person. And you have three young kids. And so you're yeah. bound to be sick with three different things probably at the yeah. same time. Really? We just embrace it because there's no way that we're just not going to catch whatever's going around. And so what's the point in trying to sterilize everything and live in fear? <laughs> instead of just trying to be like a good parent and loving on them. So that's our approach now. I used to be a germaphobe. No longer. <laughs> you can't be a germaphobe. No, you can't. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, and Matt, I wanted to mention that in our Facebook group, uh, by the way, we have a Facebook group. If you guys don't know about that, it's How to Money. You yeah. just 
search that on Facebook and you'll find our Facebook group. And it's great because people can interact with each other that listen to the podcast and there's all sorts of awesome information that that everyone is throwing out at each other. And Sharisa actually had a question about refinancing her car loan. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a great question. Ultimately, it turned out that she needed to do a little more shopping, I think, to try to find a lower rate. And usually the best rates for a car loan refinance are going to be at your local credit union. You know, you and I, we've talked about credit unions, how great they are, and how sometimes their their loans, the loans that they write are are written at, at the best interest rate possible. And the customer service is usually pretty solid. So we recommended that to her. Oh, yeah. and, and that led me on a wild goose chase to kind of look at what was going on with our credit union right now the credit union that you and I are both members of locally. And they're running a promotional rate of a 15-year mortgage for 3%. Yeah, that is pretty much the best rate that I've seen uh, in the past two years or so. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So they have a normal rate of 4%. And they said, you know what, for the next month and a half, we're opening up this promotional rate of a full point lower. Yeah, that's insane. Which is incredible. So I I believe I called you immediately. Yeah. Yeah, you called me and you said, dude, I've got big news. And I, I didn't know what had happened. Maybe, you like, thought we were pregnant with maybe triplets. You got, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you won the lottery because you play that every single day. I of just, course. Yeah, yeah. That's where all your money goes. Duh. Uh, and you said, our credit union is offering an awesome rate. 3%, 15-year fixed. I'm not going to lie. I was a little disappointed. I, was, I thought something maybe a little bit cooler had happened. <laughs> but, uh, but we're uh, nerds enough to where that did get us excited. We both have mortgages through that credit union. They keep the cost low. And that's just what's so awesome about a credit union. They're able to keep the cost low. They're not spending all this money on advertising. I doubt anybody knows about that rate unless they've been to the website and yeah. just saw it on their website, right? Like they don't advertise. They're not blitzing it on TV yeah, or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. But in the end, they're able to pass that savings on to us as owners of the credit union, right? Like right. we are part owners. And yeah, you think you're going to try to take advantage of that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, def- I, I filled up the application today. I'm ready to make it happen. So Such a nerd. Yeah, I know. So I, I love it. That's awesome. Just definitely word to the wise. Check your local credit union. You know, if I had just gone to Bankrate even, which I think is a great site for rate shopping, if you're looking to especially refinance a mortgage, this rate wouldn't have shown up because it's a hyper local offering. And so check out your local credit union, especially for mortgage refinances and for car loans, uh, car loan refinances. That's just the best place to go. They have amazing rates, amazing customer service. So yeah, just make sure you check out a local credit union. All right, Joel, quick game for you. Uh, let's play some frugal or cheap. You ready? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so it's been about five years since I've been to the dentist. Frugal or cheap? That, uh, <laughs> that certainly borders cheap right there, my friend. You think so? I think you should get in there and get it checked up. All Five right. years is a long time. It is a long time, but here's the reason why I feel like it's being frugal, and it's because I'd never get cavities. Uh, my entire life, I've gotten maybe, I don't know, like two cavities. Seriously, my entire life. But you probably have six right now, and you just don't know about it. No, no. When I start to feel them, I just brush them out, oh. right? Yeah. Did you know that's the thing? No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's not really, but, <laughs> but no, it's the truth. I, I really don't get cavities. The last time I went to the dentist was about five years ago. And before that, it was maybe seven years. And five years ago when I went, the whole time I was sitting there, I thought, man, this is a huge waste of time and a waste of money. I had sort of gotten guilted into going by a dentist friend. They, they, they were just explaining to me how, no, you, you have to go to the dentist. And so I thought, okay, they know what they're talking about. But in the end, it was good to know that I didn't have any sort of mouth diseases, but I also didn't have any cavities. And so basically, it was just an expensive cleaning Ooh, I will say, though, when I'm sitting there getting worked on in my mouth and they're kind of scratching and doing different stuff, I like that. 
That's weird. What nope. do you think about that? Nope. Nobody, nobody likes a dentist. Nobody dude. likes going to the dentist. But for whatever reason, when I'm sitting there, I'm just able to relax, and it's kind of like getting a massage, but not quite as nice. What? <laughs> How could you even say that? How could you equate the two? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'd like uh, enjoy surgery as well if I was just laying there and someone's got their scalpels inside of me. I like volunteer snip. to the local <laughs> medical college to be a cadaver so they can <laughs> they can like mess around with your insides. Yeah, man. So in the end, when you go to a dentist, what do they tell you? They say brush your teeth and, and floss. And that's stuff that you can do at home. And so I'm going to stick to my guns and say that the fact that I haven't been to the dentist in five years, I'm being frugal. As long as it doesn't end up costing me more money down the road and I'm not putting this burden on anybody else around me, you know, all the things that we talked about in our frugal verse cheap episode. All right. So speaking of teeth, Selma, yeah. my daughter, my oldest in kindergarten, she just lost her first tooth. Nice. She was super <laughs> pumped about it. And she's got another one that's like ready to come out too. And so yeah, this is a first time that we had to be the tooth fairy, right? And to determine how much money someone gets right, right. for losing a tooth. <laughs> and she had specifically requested chocolate too. So uh, just assuming that maybe the tooth fairy might bring that. Nice. So we gave her a dollar, four quarters in particular, with uh, Hershey's Kiss. And I think that's a pretty fair tooth fairy amount to give for a kindergartner. What do you think? A dollar? I have a feeling that most folks these days are paying a little more than that. Pro- I, probably. I'm, I'm with you, though, because it doesn't really matter to them at this age. And what, what Summer likes in particular is having multiple different pieces of money. So it's, it's about more about... She's the, all about the quantity. Exactly. She's exactly. given her 100 pennies then. If I gave her a $20 <laughs> bill, she wouldn't have thought it was nearly as cool as four quarters. So at the same time, I got her a new piggy bank for yeah. Christmas. And this is has like a little digital reader Ooh. on top. So every time you drop the money in, it counts and it tells you how much you have in there. Nice. And so I'm just really excited too that I think that'll help her maybe understand saving money a little bit more. She's only five, but I think this is a good way for her to kind of understand, all right, I'm putting it in here. I'm watching it grow. And that's just kind of like one of the tactics that I'm going to use with teaching her how to think about money. And by watching that kind of amount grow over time, as she stocks it away for the future in this piggy bank. I'm excited about that. And I think it was just like a perfect present for, for a five-year-old for Christmas. Dude, that's awesome. I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm really excited about teaching our girls about money. I feel like we jumped the gun a little bit uh, last year, or it even may have been two years ago. We got our oldest, who was not five. She wasn't four. She may have been three and a half. But we got her the Financial Peace Junior kit or setup. That's like the Dave Ramsey thing, right? Yeah. And man, I think it totally went over her head. She was interested for a little bit, but for the most part, it just kind of something she just didn't really get into yet. And so we are getting closer to them being six years old this year. And yeah, it's going to be an awesome year to start cementing some of those principles, saving, working hard for your money, just all the things that we want to be able to teach our children when it comes to finances. Yeah, well, you got her a calculus book too at the same time. And that was just <laughs> overkill for sure. I mean, I don't know what you're expecting out of her, but you, you've, you have high lofty goals set up for your for your kids. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm half Asian. So of course I do. She's going to be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Joel. And every week on the show, we enjoy a craft beer because man, that is one of the things we love to do is drink craft beer. And lots of it. Uh, all right, not too much, but, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> not, the right amounts, just the right amount. Um, and I am so pumped that we have some beer from Southern Swells Brewing Company. This is a brewery that you and I discovered randomly while we were down uh, at the beach down in Jacksonville, Florida. I remember the moment we were driving in the car. We were heading to the grocery store to pick some stuff up, some provisions for the family, right? And we were just googling to see what breweries were in the area. 
and we found like three and then just we kinda, showed up on Untappd though right yeah, well then we or no and then Google? we looked on Untappd to kind of see to verify how good are the beers that these each of these breweries uh, are making and it turned out Southern Swells beers oh, that's right we're getting great ratings yeah. <laughs> so yeah you're driving and I remember telling you oh dude Oh, these are all great. We need to go there right now. <laughs> and we, were, we were supposed to go to Publix to uh, pick up some groceries for the beach. And instead, we did a little detour. And Southern Swells. We're drinking as a pleasure. <laughs> it yeah. swung into there. And it was really sweet of Kate, the co- one of the co-owners of Southern Swells, to, to send us a little gift basket of Southern Swells beers. Honestly, they're making some of the best IPAs in the Southeast. Dude, they're, they're so good. Yeah, they're so good. Mind-blowingly good. And so we had one of those beers on our show with our wives that we recorded at the beach. That's right. We are excited to be drinking today. Karate in the garage. All right, buddy. Take a sip and give me a one-word description of your take on this beer. Oh, man. Dude, just as good as I remember it last summer. I love how a beer can kind of take you back to a time and a place. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I love that. Okay, my one word is going to be hazy. How about you, man? You got a word for me? Yep. All right. My one word is going to be bomb so yeah we'll explain the reason we chose those words at the end of the show but for now matt let's get into the subject at hand because we've got a lot to cover uh the topic that we wanted to talk about today is how to massively cut your tax bill so yeah this whole episode is going to be about lowering your adjusted gross income because that is the biggest lever you can pull in lowering your tax bill and specifically with the new tax law being in full effect it changes uh, a few of the basic ways that we think about how we optimize our taxes just the way an individual conceptualizes how they file taxes has completely changed based on the new way that the standard deduction is set and estimates now say that only 10 percent of folks are going to itemize their deductions compared to 30 percent under the previous way the tax code was written Hey, Joe, that's right. We have a higher standard deduction. And we're going to actually get into that more on our next episode uh, next week. And we're actually going to dive more into the specifics of that standard deduction versus uh, itemized deductions. Wait, are you telling me two tax episodes back to back? (laughs) I mean, if you're lucky, we can make it like six or seven episodes back to back. That'd be really, really amazing, right? Let's cap it at two. I think we would see our (laughs) listenership drop (laughs) tremendously. Precipitously. Uh, But yeah, so regardless, though, of whether you take the standard deduction or if you itemize your deductions, there is another way to reduce your tax bill, which is what you already said by reducing your adjusted gross income. And this is by taking advantage of above the line deductions. Technically, they're not actually deductions, but adjustments that you can make to arrive at your adjusted gross income. And reducing your AGI is important because the IRS uses it as a threshold for assessing if you qualify to take other tax credits and itemized deductions or, you know, the below the line deductions. So typically, the lower your AGI, your adjusted gross income, uh, the better. But that's not always the case, though, right? So yeah, of course, having a lower uh, adjusted gross income is going to be better for your taxes right now, right? The lower of an income that you're reporting to the IRS means that you are going to pay less in taxes. That's just common sense. Yeah. Plus you get the benefits, right? To be able to qualify for college financial aid. Uh, You get subsidies through the ACA to help pay for healthcare. There's a lot of benefits. Yeah. Yeah. Other benefits potentially of having a lower AGI, not just paying less in taxes, right? But the ones you mentioned, but then in addition, there are tax credits that exist that are only available to lower income individuals, right? And I kind of put that in air quotes while I said it. And that's because it's all based on your AGI, not your total income, but on your adjusted gross income that you report. For instance, like the savers credit. If you make under a certain amount, the government will 
in fact, subsidize how much you contribute to retirement accounts. I think that's amazing. We'll put Free a, money. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk a lot more about that next week, right? Yeah, that's tax credits. The main focus of next week's episode. But I did want to throw one caveat because this whole episode is about lowering your AGI and there's a lot of benefit in doing so. But you also have to factor in your overall multi-year tax plan, right? For instance, Matt, you and I, we talk about investing in a Roth IRA over a traditional IRA. And investing in a traditional IRA will lower your tax bill for this year, right? But investing in a Roth IRA will not. You're investing post-tax income when you invest in a Roth. So I would say the one caveat as you're thinking through this and looking to potentially lower your AGI, lower your current tax bill, you want to think about it holistically about how your tax bill might look in years to come. And it might make more sense for you to contribute to a Roth IRA as opposed to a traditional IRA, even though your AGI will look higher this year. It's because you're looking long-term, I'll never pay taxes on that Roth IRA money ever again. Which is pretty sweet. That's a sweet deal. Yeah, exactly. I personally love the Roth. (laughs) Me too. I think the Roth has a lot of benefits. At some point, Matt, we should do an entire episode on how amazing the Roth IRA is. Oh, and Joel, another example is if you get your adjusted gross income down too much, it can hurt you when it comes to getting a loan. This is something I want to share because this is what Kate and I dealt with personally. We had recently started our business. Uh, This is about 10 years ago. The housing market had just crashed and we didn't have much income to show because we did our taxes. And like most people, we tried to get our taxes as low as possible. And dude, I tell you what, it was so freaking hard to get a loan <laughs> for anything. Not like a high fancy loan for, for some expensive house. It just made it incredibly difficult. And that was one instance when I thought it would be nice if our adjusted gross income was higher, if we were paying more in taxes. But man, the fact is most banks these days are willing to lend you way more then you really should be taking on. So it really shouldn't be a problem. However, keep that in mind if you are looking to apply for a big loan, if you're looking to buy a house sometime soon, that they're going to look at your adjusted gross income. And that is the only sort of caveat we have to share when it comes to getting that taxable income down. Yeah. And I think it's important too, Matt, for us to let people know we're not tax professionals. This is the beginning of the year. We want you to start thinking about taxes. And you know, Matt and I definitely have some experience, uh, me as a W-2 employee for my whole life, essentially, and you as a small business owner. Uh, but for most of us, taxes are one of our biggest annual expenses. And it's probably legitimately your biggest, the biggest line item uh, of what you pay out every year. It probably rivals your mortgage right? for, for how much outgoing you have every year. Um, and so while you're getting ready to file taxes for 2018, uh, we will also want you to start thinking about your 2019 tax bill like right now. We don't want you to wait because there's only so much you can do after you get past a certain point in the year, right? We want you to start thinking about 2019 taxes in January so you can optimize them in the best way that's going to fit your scenario. Yeah. And the other thing we're going to mention as well is to uh, don't lie (laughs) or misrepresent, right? What you earn, what you're spending or what you're spending towards. You really need to be honest because obviously not only is that the right thing that you need to do, but there's a chance you'll get audited as well. And I mean, the IRS is really going to stick it to you if they find out that you've committed tax fraud. Have you ever heard of Wesley Snipes? You don't want to end up like Wesley Snipes. That's all I'm saying. Let that be a poster child for you, (laughs) kids, boys and girls. Yeah. So we'll get into the specifics about the above line deductions you need to be thinking about right now throughout the year to potentially reduce your taxable income, uh, lower that AGI so that you're not paying more in taxes than you need to be. We'll get to that right after this break.
You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come, but none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wise friend. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach. Do. Every single summer, we've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. All right, Joel, let's go ahead and talk now about some of these above-the-line deductions. I feel like I hear Johnny Cash singing, above the line. (laughs) No? Above the line. Yeah. (laughs) I lost my train of thought. (laughs) We're we're doing this to reduce your taxable income, right? Did we talk about why it's called above-the-line deductions? No, man. Give us the skinny. So do you know the the reason for this? No. 
Yeah, so on the old 1040s, right, the full one-pager. Which is the tax form you fill out, right? Exactly. Every year. Yeah. And turn uh, to the IRS so that they can tell you <laughs> that they need your money. At the bottom of the page, right, the, the bottom line is your adjusted gross income. And everything, the, the section right above that are the adjustments. And these essentially are the adjustments we're talking about today. These are the adjustments that you can fill in to lower your adjusted gross income. And these are not considered actual deductions. So you don't have to itemize your deductions in order to get these adjustments. Like we mentioned earlier, uh, you can take the standard deduction and still have these adjustments to lower your adjusted gross income. But essentially, they're all above the line. They're above that adjusted gross income line. And that's why they call them above the line deductions. Pretty cool, huh? Makes complete sense. So Matt, yeah, the first way to reduce that taxable income is putting more money into your retirement accounts, right? Reducing your taxable income by contributing to your 401k, for this year, there's a $19,000 limit. And I realize that that's you know, a hard limit for most average Americans to reach, right? Most of us can't max out our 401k, but that's a healthy goal. And it's just nice oh, yeah. to know too that, that even if you bump it, uh, up what you're putting into your 401k by a few percentage points, automatically at the same time, not only are you saving more for your future, you're also reducing uh, your income level for this next year's taxes. And, and and so you're paying less in tax while you're... you're saving for the future, man. Yeah, while you're building wealth Dude, for yourself. It's it amazing. Is, yeah, by far, saving towards retirement is the best way that you can lower your adjusted gross income. But you're also winning on the backside of it because you're saving for yourself. Like It's not like you're saving this for something else. You're winning on both ends of it, which is, yeah, just amazing. And if you're like Matt and you don't have access to a 401k, well, we're going to talk about other options too. Because the 401k is the traditional retirement vehicle available to most W-2 workers like myself. But there are many, many other similar retirement accounts that are available to self-employed folks. And Matt, what we're going to talk about next is available to everybody, no matter whether you are self-employed or employed by a giant mega company. Yeah, man. And that's the traditional IRA. Like you mentioned, it's available to those who are employed and on a W-2, but they're also great for those who are self-employed. And for that, there's that $6,000 limit, right? And that reduces your adjusted gross income by the same amount that you contribute. And so if you're trying to get your adjusted gross income down, again, man, saving towards retirement is a huge win. And something else to keep in mind is that you can contribute to last year's contributions, your 2018 retirement account, up until April of this year, up until April of 2019. You just have to do it before you file your taxes. Exactly, exactly. So if you hadn't totally maxed that out yet and you want to sneak a few more dollars in there, well, you're not really sneaking it. It's totally allowed. <laughs> well, and also, I think it's important, Matt, to quickly mention that these are really big numbers that we're talking about. And I just want people that are maybe feeling a bit overwhelmed or thinking who can actually contribute $19,000 to the 401k and then an additional 6,000 to their IRA. What magical fairyland are Matt and Joel living in? Well, I want to say that there are lots of folks who are incredibly intentional about lowering their living costs and living a frugal life that are able to maybe not max them out. Some can, but are able to put a lot more money than the average American typically does into their re retirement accounts. And it has this benefit, right, of lowering their, their tax burden every year as well. So if you're struggling listening to this and you're thinking, well, I'm not even close to that, I would encourage you to go back and listen to our episode called Frugality Gives You Options because living a frugal life is what can allow you to lower your AGI, to put more of your money to work for you uh, in investment accounts over the long term, lower your taxable burden now at the same time. But really, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, if you're living above your means or at your means, it's going to be really, really hard for you to pull some of these levers and, and reduce your tax bill. So that's kind of where it starts. And it's just, yeah, important to kind of point that out. 
So let's go ahead, Joel, and talk next about uh, using healthcare tax advantage accounts like flexible spending accounts, FSAs, or uh, health savings accounts, HSAs. Joel, so you've got more experience with an FSA. You want to kick it off? Yeah, so I contribute to an FSA every year uh, at my work. And so I'll explain those real quick. An FSA, like Matt said, is a flexible spending account. And there are two different kinds of FSAs. There's an FSA for folks with regular health insurance. And you can put up to $2,700 a year into this uh, FSA. And it's tax-free, right? So if I put $2,700 into my FSA, I don't get taxed on that income. But I have to then spend that money on healthcare-related expenses throughout the year. And if I don't spend all that money by the end of the year... I'm going to lose it. Yeah. And that's the one thing I don't like about it, right? It's like the use it or lose it mindset. Yeah. I think FSAs have a lot of benefit and I'm able to take advantage uh, of my FSA to a great degree. But I agree. It's it's certainly not the best system, but here's what I would recommend to people if they're trying to figure out how much money they should put into an FSA. You should look at your previous year spending on health-related expenses. That will kind of help you to make a decision about how much you should put into your FSA for the following year. And also, if you begin to, let's say in 2019, get towards the end of the year and you've got a lot of money still sitting there in your FSA, you can schedule some doctor's appointments and maybe go to the dentist. Who knows? Exactly. Right. <laughs> Every decade like Matt does. But yeah, there are all sorts of ways to to kind of game the system with your FSA and, and make sure you get that spending in before the end of the year occurs. It's not my favorite, but for me, it, it does help in a massive way to, to lower my tax bill and to, to help me really do my health spending tax free. It really just takes some planning, I guess. Honestly, maybe the reason I don't like it is because I don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, like what's key about an FSA is that this is something that's offered through an employer. And so being self-employed, I don't have that. So Matt, since you don't have an HSA yourself, but since you're self-employed, why don't you kind of run us through kind of what an HSA looks like and who can actually start saving in an HSA? An HSA is for folks with high deductible insurance. So that's the only catch with that is that you have to have a high deductible healthcare plan. One of the best ways that you can use an HSA is to you know, contribute to that account and not use it until retirement even because what you're able to do is you're able to use... like Don't think of it as a savings account. Think of it as like a health investing account because that's exactly how you can treat the money that you put into that HSA. You can take that, invest it. And man, this is what's so awesome about an HSA. It gets me excited. You put the money into an HSA pre-tax it grows tax-free. And then when the time comes to actually use that money to go towards medical expenses, you get to use that money completely tax-free as well forever. <laughs> and that's what's amazing about it. It's like truly the only vehicle where you... You never pay taxes on it. You never pay taxes yeah. and it's a long-term investment. It's really incredible. And one more thing. Once you hit 65, you can also withdraw from your HSA for non-medical expenses and you just pay your standard tax, just like you would on a traditional IRA, which is kind of amazing because at age 65, it sort of converts into this alternative traditional IRA uh, that you can have, say, if you don't have a ton of medical expenses. Man, the HSA is like this beautiful sort of vehicle for saving for medical expenses, but at the same time, you're saving for the future, you're saving for retirement. It's super flexible. Super cool. Yeah. So I love that too, Matt. And I feel like we could do a whole episode on HSAs and maybe we'll one day. But let's talk about uh, the second type of FSA that you people have available to them typically in a W-2 job. And that is dependent care FSA. And so the uh, IRS allows up to $5,000 tax-free every year 
if you elect to put that money into a dependent care flexible savings account. So I do this every year because our daughter, youngest daughter, goes to a little school down the road. And, and typically we spend about four to $5,000 on childcare costs. And the great thing is that money we don't pay tax on because we funnel it through the FSA through work. Dude, that is awesome. I didn't know you guys did that. Yeah. So we love the FSA, both of them, the healthcare and the dependent care probably close to 50% of the people that are listening to the show have access to something like that through their work. And maybe either they don't know that it exists or they've seen it. They're not really sure what it is. Just want to make sure that you're aware and and that we've explained to you what they are so that you can take advantage of them um, in the years to come because they're just a great way to to lower your AGI and lower your tax bill for, for the current year. Yeah. And a couple other things that you can put an FSA towards are, like you mentioned, daycare, but even after school care or you know before school care, and like summer camps as well, just all sorts of things that are childcare related. Yeah, you can put that towards that. Oh, and the way it works is that it doesn't pay it directly. And so you have to actually pay the bill yourself. You pay it out of pocket, but then you essentially apply for a reimbursement, right? Like yep. you got the receipt, you send it in and they basically write you a check and you're, and you're good to go. Yeah, they made me uh, fax in the form every year. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so I have to like hunt down a fax machine in order to, <laughs> to get reimbursed. Oh, man. <laughs> Get with the times, guys. So again, we we're discussing some of these above-the-line deductions. We talked about the retirement accounts. We just discussed the healthcare advantaged uh, accounts, and now let's cover penalties, specifically penalties on early savings withdrawals. And so, if you were unfortunate enough to make an early withdrawal on something, for instance, like a CD or a 401k that you weren't supposed to yet, you can subtract the penalties that you had to pay to the banks or the financial institutions that penalized you you can deduct that amount from your adjusted gross income. So you still have to pay the penalty, but at least you don't get taxed on it. Well, that's nice to know. Yeah, at least you got that going for you. <laughs> All right, another thing, alimony. You can subtract the amounts you paid in alimony, which is court-ordered payments to an ex, uh, off your AGI. You can't include child support in that number, but it, it is nice to know if you are paying alimony that you can take that off your AGI. Yeah, I mean, and it's worth noting, too, that we were saying subtract or trying to say subtract as much as possible because... Most oftentimes people say deductions, like you can deduct or you can write off. But we're trying to emphasize the fact that we're subtracting because we're reducing and we're subtracting from our gross income. These aren't itemized deductions. And so you can still take your standard deduction and have all of these subtractions, if you will, to lower your, your gross income. Yeah. So just to try to clarify it as much as possible with a quick example, let's say you, you have an earned income of $70,000 this year and you are an overachiever, and you contribute the max to a 401k, 19000 and the max to a traditional IRA of 6000 That's $25,000. So 70 minus 25 equals $45,000. That is your new AGI, and that is the number that you're taxed on. And for instance, in a scenario like that, with the new standard deduction, your tax bill is going to be minuscule, if, <laughs> if not non-existent. Yeah, man. That's what I love about these above-the-line deductions, right? Is that anybody can deduct these from their income and reduce how much they're having to send to the government. All right, Matt. So after the break, we're going to get to your bread and butter, how self-employed people can specifically lower their AGI to lower their tax bill. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? 
AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So, it's safe to say, it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wisefriend. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach. Do. Every single summer, we've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes, those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best-fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, man, let's talk about some self-employed action. It's time to talk about how someone like me can save for retirement. What, weirdos or self-employed people? <laughs> weirdos and those who are self-employed. You know, you said I'm an expert, but I don't contribute nearly as much as what I am able to. $55,000, dude, come on. 
That's a lot of money. Well, you're no daddy Warbucks, right? <laughs> but at least you understand how it works. So you yeah. can spill those beans for people. It's good to have the knowledge, but I am yeah, not there yet. Before we get into retirement accounts, I wanted to mention self-employment tax. So that is Social Security and Medicare. Typically, when you have an employer, they cover half of the 15% of what you have to pay towards Social Security and Medicare. But when you're self-employed, you are fronted with that entire bill yourself. And so one of the deductions that you can take is you can reduce that by half as if you were actually employed. So make sure you're not leaving that on the table. But retirement accounts, that's where the big money is. Specifically, SEP IRAs, which are, it stands for Simplified Employee Pension. You can contribute up to $55,000 annually. That is huge money. And again, I'm nowhere near that. And keep in mind, that's a dollar for dollar adjustment on your AGI, like on your adjusted gross income. So yeah, massive reduction. If you're able to set aside that much money, man, kudos and good for you. But then also solo 401ks, you can set up through your own business. You can set up a solo 401k uh, for yourself at $55,000. Again, these are massive numbers. And if you're self-employed and you're just crushing it, this is something you want to take advantage of. And then in regards to health insurance, if you're self-employed, you can subtract your health insurance premiums but only up to the amount of the profit from the business, which is, man, that's actually pretty sweet. You know, if you're saying, yeah, I only made $15,000 this year from that business, but if your health insurance premiums were that much as well, well, technically you can deduct that amount. I'm not going to advise you as to whether you should or not, but you can, right? And Joel, this is one area that I actually haven't been able to take advantage of recently. Health insurance? Yeah, that's because you don't have traditional health insurance. Yeah, I have a health sharing plan. And we learned this the hard way from our 2017 taxes after we had our health sharing plan for a full year. But technically, it is not insurance. It's incredibly affordable. It's much, much cheaper than traditional insurance. But you don't get the tax write-off. Exactly. You don't get the tax write-off. You kind of feel that around tax season because you think, man, I would have loved to written off $10,000 in health insurance premiums, which is accurate, by the way. Like That's how much we'd be spending. Uh, but at the same time, we're, we're saving way more than that by going with this different sort of model. And so again, we've talked before about not letting the tail wag the dog. If you let the tax motivation drive your decisions, well, you could end up paying way more than you need to be paying for a service that works just fine for you. Yeah. And if people want to find out more about the health sharing plans, it's a completely different topic, but we have an article on howtomoney.com, Matt, that you wrote about the health sharing plan that you're a member of, and people can check that out on our site. But moving on, another line item that you can use to lower your AGI every year is student loan interest payments. So you can subtract up to $2,500 of student loan interest from your gross income if your gross income falls below the level of $80,000 for an individual or $165,000 for a couple. So don't forget to let your tax preparer know about that or your tax filing software. Just make sure that that gets added in. And these adjustments that you can make to lower your adjusted gross income, I wanted to mention, they're on Schedule 1 of the new tax form. We didn't really talk about this, but this year is the first year that they're rolling out that new like postcard size 1040. I like the fact that it's geared to make things easier for people, right? It's, it's meant to just make life easier, speed things up, make it to where you don't have to necessarily hire a tax professional. But one downside is that these above-the-line deductions used to be on that page, on the single... 1040 page. But now with the simplified new 1040, you have to file an additional schedule. And so all these deductions that we're discussing are on schedule one. So be sure to look there to find these above the line deductions. 
And then quickly too, man, like some, there's a bunch of other ones too that we're going to lightly cover, but you can deduct moving expenses, but that's only if you're in the military. It used to be to where you could deduct moving expenses if it was work related in general, but, but they've changed that. It's only now if you're in the military, you know, there's educator expenses, which I think is totally silly. They have an entire line dedicated towards educator expenses, but do you know what the max is on that? It's a crazy small dollar amount. Not as much as a SEP IRA, I imagine. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> $250, which seems silly to me that they have an entire line dedicated to educator expenses. Yeah. We want to be there for the teachers. And speaking of silly tax benefits, there's an employer commuter benefit. And in particular, there's a bicycle commuter expense benefit in the IRS tax code to the tune of $20 a month that your employer can choose <laughs> to or to not offer you, which is which I think is fascinating too, that the employer can choose to reimburse you $20 a month under the tax code tax-free, uh, but they don't have to. So I reached out to my employer to ask if this was something that they were willing to provide, and they currently do not do that. So yeah, I don't get it. Sorry. <laughs> there's all sorts of silly stuff, man. And then there's a the line too that says uh, certain business expenses of reservists, performing artists, and fee basis government officials. I think it's just funny that they have all three of those things on the same line. Like, how are performing artists the same as like someone that's in the National Reserve, right? Like, <laughs> or the National Guard? I don't know. I used to be a mime and I took advantage of this. So <laughs> yeah, that was a really important tax benefit for me. But yeah, check out Schedule 1. That's where all these adjustments are listed. And if you want to take advantage of those, you're going to have to fill that out. But I know it might get confusing as you're looking over all those lines and it starts to, to feel like you're not totally sure what you're going to do. And so we wanted to share that unlike our you know, bias towards not recommending financial advisors, finding an accountant or a tax professional might be just crazy helpful, especially if uh, you know, taxes and, and numbers just may not be your thing. Yeah, I think it's interesting, Matt, when you look at the actual Schedule 1 form, I mean, it's almost we kind of ran through pretty much everything yeah. <laughs> on the form in this show. Exactly. So it's good to know that if you are used to hiring a tax professional and it's gotten too expensive and you want to go it alone and you have a fairly simple tax setup. It's not that big of a deal. It's not that big yeah, of a deal. It really isn't. It really isn't. Yeah. So if your tax situation is a little more complicated and it's not super basic and straightforward, then yeah, I think a tax professional can be super helpful. And especially for instance, if you are a real estate investor, when I became a real estate investor, that's when I made the transition to having someone else help me with my tax return. Yeah, because it's getting a lot more complicated when you have uh, multiple pages and forms and schedules to fill out. Yeah, it can get a lot more complicated. And if you're trying to fill those out without knowing what you're doing, it can cost you way more in tax than it would cost yeah. what you're paying the tax <laughs> professional to help you. Yeah, I love that, Joel. Like in the end, like having a, a tax professional might be one of the best ways that you could actually cut your tax bill is by hiring a professional who's familiar with the law, which is constantly changing. And not only that, man, but th like they're familiar, not only what is technically allowed, but they know that, hey, you may not want to toe the line this much because like certainly, yes, on paper, it says that this is allowed. However, you get that close and that that's a red flag to the IRS. And man, getting audited is the very last thing that you want to have happen to you because it just it costs a lot of money. It takes a lot of time huge headache. Us personally, we steer uh, pretty far from the line to where it would you know, raise those red flags to the IRS. I, I, I don't want to ever get audited. <laughs> yeah. And even if you are using a tax professional, I think this episode is helpful for you to have some questions to bounce off of them uh, to make sure that you are you know, going in the right direction. And also the tax professional that you're using 
isn't going to automatically open up a SEP IRA for you right. <laughs> or increase your contribution limit on your 401k at work. That is up to you. Exactly. <laughs> so even if you do end up going in that direction, uh, a lot of the things we mentioned here in this episode are things that you still need to do on your own, even if someone is helping you file your taxes. Yeah, Joel, I love that, man. Hope that's uh, some good encouragement to you listeners. Uh, let's talk about this delicious beer. Yeah, man. Today we drank uh, Southern Swells Brewing Company Karate in the Garage India Pale Ale. And Matt, the one word that you used at the beginning of the show to describe this beer was hazy. Fill us in. Yeah, so I said hazy a little tongue-in-cheek because obviously hazy is not like a tasting note. But when it comes to this specific style of beer, uh, and this is a New England style IPA, and you pour it in the glass and you can hold it up to the light and you cannot see through it. It's hazy. <laughs> like that's the best description. And for me, this IPA, Karate in the Garage, is almost the quintessential New England style hazy IPA. It's got everything I'm looking for in that style. It's got the mouthfeel. It's got the hops. It's got that sharp bite. My favorite thing about it is I just like to drink it. So <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's one of those beers for sure that you could really not get tired of drinking. It's so well balanced. It's so well done. And so the word I used was bomb. Yeah, uh, you said bomb. Yeah. What's that all about? Well, because it felt like a hot bomb, honestly. Oh. After taking a sip, the way that it completely coated my tongue, it felt like a bomb went off and just like splattered. And it was like karate in the garage just couldn't leave. Even, like, once, I, <laughs> even once it went down my throat, you know? So, man, yeah, this was like a hot bomb went off in my mouth. I but, love that. But I mean, th- I, just like you, man, I, I, I'm a huge fan of this beer. I'm a huge fan of the IPAs that they make down there at Southern Swells. And if I had a never-ending supply of this, <laughs> I'd be okay with it. Jill, I don't think they're going to send us more beer anytime soon. <laughs> Man, but on that note, we've had a lot of beers donated to us recently. And I just want to say generally, like, thank you to all of our listeners out there, to the different breweries, to the individuals who listen, who just want to help us out and contribute to the show. That is freaking awesome. We, we love that folks are able to uh, donate beers to the show. And, and I don't know, it's an awesome way to tangibly connect with our listeners, something that they felt we would enjoy. We get to talk about it on the show while we're talking about money and personal finances. It's just this way to kind of bring it all together. Even if you're not really into craft beer, we, I hope that you can appreciate the sort of community that uh, craft beer can kind of foster. And, and that's what we're all about. All right, Matt, real quick, let's give our final thoughts. All right, Joel, what we've talked about today are above the line deductions. And these are all things that you can do to reduce your adjusted gross income. And what's so key about this is that it doesn't matter if you're taking the standard deduction or if you're itemizing your deductions, you can take advantage of these adjustments to lower your taxable income. That's right, buddy. And the number one way to reduce your AGI is to contribute more to your retirement accounts, specifically a 401k if you are a traditional employee or a traditional IRA is open to anybody. And if you're self-employed, look into a SEP IRA in particular. That's going to be one of the best ways for you to lower your AGI and save for the future at the same time. And then another above-the-line deduction you can take are the healthcare tax advantage accounts. These are the flexible spending accounts and the health savings account. Just keep in mind that FSAs are only offered uh, through your employer and HSAs are available only if you have a high deductible insurance plan, but it could potentially last forever. And also, Matt, it's important for us to state again that unlike our hesitancy to recommend financial advisors to people, we don't feel the same way about accountants. And particularly if you have a more complicated tax return, tax scenario, finding a qualified accountant to do your taxes could be well worth it. It could provide you actually more savings in tax than you would actually pay that accountant to help you out with your taxes. And in particular, we would suggest that you ask around to friends who've been using the same accountant for years and have had a great track record. 
Yeah, or another option is just to look around to peers, like folks who have similar businesses as you do, uh, being self-employed. And chances are that accountant or tax professional will be familiar with the business setup and the type of deductions that you'll want to see. All right, buddy. Tax episode number two coming up next week. Yeah, that's right. We think it's going to be a big help as well. So everyone, I hope you enjoyed the information on this episode. We'll have show notes up on our website, howtomoney.com. Yeah, man, that's our website. And if you have enjoyed this episode and enjoyed this podcast in general, you know what? Don't leave a review. You can maybe instead tell a friend, just like we talked about just now with an accountant. Sometimes it can just be so much more helpful and just more impactful if you tell somebody in person. And uh, so yeah, spread the word, spread the love. We really appreciate you listening though. We love the community here. And Matt, until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Wednesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.